Hello, I'm Katie Hind and welcome back to Jungle Confidential, the Mail's podcast which is your one-stop shop for all of the I'm a Celeb gossip. Today is the day when we will finally see Matt Hancock arrive in the camp, but only after enduring what I'm told is a totally hideous Bush Tucker trial. Anyway, more of that later, but to last night. We saw the beginnings of the inevitable power struggle between super diva boy George and Charlene White. And today, to discuss yesterday's episode, I have an actual jungle queen with me, Georgia Toff Toffolo, 2017's winner. She did every trial going and eventually beat off the likes of boxer Amir Khan and wag Rebecca Vardy to take the crown. Hi, Toff. How are you? Morning. Hi, darling. How lovely it is to be chatting. Thank you so much for joining me. You're watching the series, obviously, and last night. Wasn't it a great show? Oh, my God, I'm obsessed. I think the booker for The Jungle needs, like, a big round of drinks or something because this year it is insane. I am loving it. This year's lineup is is just... I mean, we thought it was good, didn't we? And then we then we saw Matt, Matt Hancock and Sean Walsh were joining. So it's fantastic. <laughs> now, one of the big signings, and in fact, the most expensive signing, is Boy George. Now, obviously, we mm. all had high hopes of him being extremely entertaining. And I think last night we saw the beginning of it, didn't we, with his power struggle with Charlene. Yeah, it's really heating up. I mean, it is... I was quite lucky on my year. There was never that many arguments around the cooking. Mm. But it really gets people's back up. And the only thing about Boy George that makes me really laugh is that, um, you know, he goes on about his meditation and being zen and all of these things. But actually, he gets so angry. It's like, maybe he needs to do even more meditating, (laughs) you know? (laughs) I think you're right. He he was a real sort of um, anomaly, isn't he? Because he says, you know, yeah, I'll wait until I'm told what to do. But then he says, I'm a massive control freak. So I think he's just really messing with I our know. heads, isn't he? So funny. It's just because in there, you place so much emphasis on your jobs because it gets the hours away. Mm. And you'd be thinking, right, I've got to go and do the washing up now or I've got to go and chop up the vegetables, whatever. It's such a huge part of your existence. Mm. So I do get it. But just like at the same time, I don't know whether I'm too laid back. I would never get angry at someone asking me not to do something. I'd be thrilled. <laughs> I'd be like, thanks so much. I'd be rubbish at all of it anyway. I'll just sit on my hammock and swing backwards and forwards and have a jolly. <laughs> do you not think some of it is about him perhaps just wanting to be a diva? He just wants to he just wants to cause a scene. What I found quite interesting about the episode is that it's not just Boy George that's being angered by Charlene with the cooking. It's also no. Scarlett. So it's obviously a thing in camp. She is driving everyone mental. Well, and Scarlett's really mild-mannered, isn't she? And and, and for yeah. her to walk off like she did last night and get really angry, and what is what was it she said? Tomorrow we're all going to do something we haven't done today. And and she yeah. really, I mean, you can really see that one coming, can't you? I mean, it would be really funny if we saw Scarlett now losing it with Charlene, wouldn't it? Oh my God, I know, but I love the drama. I'm like, go on, be more angry, I love it. Who do you think is going to win this power struggle between Boy George and Charlene? Oh, I personally, it's awful to say it, but I think Charlene will go first. Um, So it depends on whether she can sort of hang on with the cooking until the boats start. I think that Charlene will win in the end because when you are that way inclined, whether she's doing the cooking, whether it's the washing up, like, she'd be the type of person who would send me down to do the wash up, and then I'd come back and she'd be like, no, you've still left bits of rice on it. And I'd be like, please don't start. 
<laughs> we don't have any proper utensils. Like I'm using my fingernails to try and get the rice off. But I do feel like whatever role she's in, she's going to be that character. So people have just got to suck it up, I think. And, and also, you must be so hungry the whole time, which must make you even oh more God. irritable. So, so surely it's more likely that it's really going to go off if she treats people like that. Yeah, whilst I agree with you, but I have been, when you are an ex-campmate, you can't help monitoring how much food they get and comparing it to what you had. They've actually had loads of food. Have they? So, yeah, last night, Chris Mills was moaning that it was full. That's not a feeling that you get in the jungle. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't think they're starving hungry yet. I mean, I remember there was a group of us that went, I think it was seven days with just rice and beans, but it's the tiniest amount of rice and beans. So when that hits... It's going to be like a cauldron. Everyone's going to be popping off. It'll be amazing. <laughs> now, last night we saw Babatunde, who had a fairly rough start to I'm a Celeb, didn't he? Um, and I think people wrote him off, actually, on that first night when he was um, a little bit of a, a, you know, a wuss, should we say. Um, last night he got his um, comeuppance. People voted for him to do that hideous heights challenge. I mean, we all got behind him, didn't we? Yeah, I think we really did. The British public make me laugh so much because as soon as they have like a whiff of a phobia, they're like, oh my God, he's so doing every single trial. They just know. <laughs> and you know, the, the one that he did on the on the opening night on top of the Fakers building in Brisbane, I've actually done that. It's horrendous. And I think when you see the shock of the plank being removed, if you are that way inclined and you're a little, little bit hesitant with heights, you can just freeze. And I think that's what happened to him. But then you're able to reset and be like, right, I can do this. I let myself down last time. So you psych yourself up again. And I'm actually really pleased that we gave him the chance to rectify that because he obviously doesn't have a huge phobia because he was able to do it. Quite high. I mean, it wasn't anywhere near as high as, as you know, having done having done that first challenge. Mm. But, 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 but he did he did actually in the end win us all over, didn't he? And I think he's here to stay now, isn't he? Which is good because he's so funny. I agree. I was really worried about him because I thought that you know saying those words, "I'm a celebrity, get me out of here" in the first trial is really not not ideal. As a viewer, you start questioning whether someone should be in there and whether their place is really valued. But I think he's actually put that wrong really right now. And, and also, I think for me, watching it, what made me want him to do even better was that he was so underestimated, wasn't he? Particularly by Chris mm. Moyles, who was like, oh, we'll love him, whatever happens. Even, he comes, even if he comes back with no stars, we'll still love him. And it's like, oh, stop it. He can do it. Yeah. And, and he did. I know. But then again, for the format, we love a journey, don't we? Yes, we do love a journey. We love a journey. <laughs> We're all behind Baba Tunde. Um, but I wonder, I'm really intrigued to know when the next time that we're able to go to Camp 8 to do a trial, because obviously dare I, dare I drop them out Hancock, um, mm-hmm. Sean Walsh, Clanger, but mm-hmm. they're obviously doing this evening. And then after that, I really want to see whether the public drop it, because with me, I ended up doing five in a row. So we still might be seeing a lot more of Baba Tunde trying to get over the fear. You really went through it, didn't you? You really, really went through it. Now, yeah. um, Mike Tyndall, last night, he was cycling for water for Baba Tunde's <laughs> bath. Mike Tyndall is part of the royal family and he lives in a luxurious home. I mean, I, and I don't know, I, I would imagine he has people to do things for him. So what a, what a sort of turnaround for him that he's having to get on a bike and cycle for someone simply to have, a, someone else to have a bath. I mean, do you think that says something about what kind of person he is? I really agree. Do you know, it's an interesting one with Mike Tyndall. How come he's been able to go on a show like this 
do something that no royal has ever done. But at the same time, when you just said to me, oh, I bet he's got people at home doing that for him. I thought, no, not lovely, normal Mike Tyndall. He's (laughs) like all the rest of us. So it's really interesting how being on a program like this, and if you're kind and you're a good and normal person, it can really normalize you and humanize you, which I think the royal family actually need a lot more of. And I bet there were lots of tongues wagging in every single palace across the country. Mm. However, if he keeps this up, I do think that Mike Tyndall would be one of the greatest gifts that they'll ever have. I agree, because what he's doing is is normalising the royal family, which is what they really need at the moment, isn't it? I so agree. I love him. I think Mike might be a future king of the jungle. I'm going to say it. Yeah, I think, I I really think you're right. Think so. Yeah, I think he's... Because I think there's some true authenticity there. And we're not stupid when we watch it. You can really mm. see that. And I think that's what people want, ultimately. Do you think people are surprised at, at how normal he is? No, because I think Zara and him have been quite strong. Mm. And I think they've been quite public in some of the ways that they want to lead their lives. No, he was Bookie's favourite before he went in, I think. Yeah, I think, and I think he, he is even more so now. Um, it made me laugh when young Owen referred to him as being somebody that could be his dad. <laughs> Oh my god! So your money is on Mike Tyndall to win. It was on Olivia Atwood. Yeah. Um, because I just think this format would suit her so much. Mm. Uh, yeah, I would say as I watch it now, it's either Mike or Jill Scott. I thought she was shining in the episode last night, and you know, as a country, we were so behind the lionesses. Mm. Wouldn't it be a wonderful mm. end to mm. her story if mm. she was the queen of the jungle? Um, yeah, those have got to be my top two. But, you know, we're only, I've only seen them twice in the episodes because the first episode is all of the welcome yeah. you know, packages. You actually don't get to see any meaty sort of personality. We did see but, Jill, didn't yeah. we, Be uh, when she was up on, up on that building? She was so she was good. Oh, yeah, I totally agree. I think, yeah, my, my top two have got to be Mike and Jill Scott at the moment. It's a shame we can't have a king and a queen of the jungle, isn't it? Wouldn't that be wonderful? <laughs> yeah, maybe they could do that this year. So, staying on Jill, Jill and Owen... And their lovely friendship. They've sort of sort of formed this really un- unlikely friendship, which is... It's as- glorious. It's yeah, that's cute. what happens in there. Yeah, because you, there are so many hours that you've got to dwindle away. And if you just... It's sort of like, I don't know, I sometimes think TV presenting. Duos either work or they don't. And you cannot teach anyone that chemistry. And I feel like... Being in the jungle is is so similar. You've either got that little spark and connection with someone and how joyous it is when you've got it because it makes those days go so much quicker. But you can really see it between those two. It's wonderful. So they obviously are the ones that that spent the night in the RV. Now you open up that door and there's two beds next to each other. And for that to be luxury... I mean, how how does that work in their minds? I mean, it it does look so luxurious compared to what they're sleeping on. I mean, would you would that just be like a massive godsend to you if if you saw that in front of you? Oh my god, it's insane! I I can't put into words how tricky it is sleeping. Well, I've always got harboured resentment because I've never ever slept on the jungle bed apart from the night before the final. Um, because obviously being the young nipper, you can't be yeah. the one that's like, can I get in the bed? But it really does affect the way that you sleep. I mean, those hammocks, you put an inch out of place and you're out of it and on the floor. And it's really odd. It's like a very curved banana shape. 
your mm. back is in bits to see those beds with duvets and pillows oh my god I would die yeah I really get it why they were so excited so is there an, a hierarchy as to who gets the beds and who gets the hammocks is, yeah. is it done on age for sure yeah age or big men or anyone with a, with a problem and that's the way it should be you know mm. but it does make a treat like that I remember Stanley and I they did this voting when I was in there for jungle prime minister obviously Stanley Johnson was fuming that he wasn't voted to be prime minister <laughs> I was fated to be rising soon, and he was my deputy. <laughs> but we were able to sleep in, like, it was called, like, 10 Downing Creek or something. And no matter how weird it is sleeping to like sleeping next to someone that you don't really know very well, you soon get over it because you're like, get me in. Especially when it's Stanley Johnson. I know. Like, he's, like, so old. And I was like, oh, God, it's so uncomfortable. But at the same time, you, you push it to the back of your mind because you're thrilled to have a space to sleep. Gosh, yeah, no, and and so and so, Ant and Deck this year have just been back to their best, haven't they? They're oh, hilarious. Yeah. I mean, when you met them, what what were they like when you came out of that jungle as the winner? Oh my god, it's such a whirlwind. I can't really remember much. They were amazing, but it was more the moments that I remember. Just like these silly moments when you walk into a trial or whatever, and then they like tap you on the shoulder and be like are you all right? And that's off camera. They're like, really, are you okay? You're about to embark on something horrendous. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I've got it. And I just think those two boys, from a comedic aspect, they mm. are unparalleled. They make me cry with laughter. And that type of humor really isn't my bag. <laughs> but I think, you know, I was thinking about it yesterday. Like, what happens if one of them doesn't want to do it anymore? That show is done. Like, we need them. Without them, there is no jungle, really. So obviously they're really funny in front of the camera and they sort of, you know, ridicule the, the contestants, don't they, when we see it. But, but off camera, are they actually quite supportive and, and, and aren't laughing in your face? Oh my God, they're the best. Yeah, they're wonderful. And it's just that bit of normality and humour that you really crave because when you're in there, no one is allowed to talk to you. No, you're not, you don't know what time it is. All of these things and see, see two people that are so iconic being like, are you all right? Everything's going really well. You're doing really well. It just makes you think, right, I can carry on now. I've got another couple of weeks in me. And also, I guess it's that link to the outside world, isn't it? Because they are they are living in the outside world and, and, and you're yeah. so not. So to sort of have that, yeah. that interim, those few moments where you think... And oh, then you're like, God. yeah, it's so true. Or you'll be like, right, come on, show me a rest. What time is it? And then I can spot <laughs> where the sun is in my mind so that when the sun is there at that time every day, yeah. you're like, oh, my God, I know what time it is. It's those weird things that everyone forgets about. Because the staff that work on the show cover up their watches, don't they? So you can't yeah, see the time. Yeah, they put on it. Yeah, but sometimes they forget. On occasion, there'd be one <laughs> sneaky one. That, nah, but then we talk about it in camp and then they put the tape on. Yeah, you're like, yes, I found out the time. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. the small things, isn't it? So yeah. tonight's the night we'll see Matt Hancock. He says that we're going to see the real him, warts and all, the guy behind the podium. Of course, I presume he refers referring he is referring there to the the pandemic podium um he also compares survival in the jungle to his day job in westminster um it's the issue everyone has a view on what's yours toff oh god he's such a wally isn't he i can't bear it i feel quite strongly about it actually because i've always been such a staunch supporter of oh the conservative party as a whole really Mm. and I just think it's so highly offensive for the man that, you know, was meant to guide us and keep us safe and put a wing around all of the sort of care homes. And, you know, that wasn't done. I think the handling of the pandemic, 
I mean, I can't even bear to think about it. It was that bad. To then go on and be caught on camera, cheating on his wife with a woman who's on the public payroll as well. I'm really split on it because I think it's the best booking that ITV have had mm, and got mm. over the line. And I'm thrilled and I am dying to watch. And that's exactly why it's a brilliant booking. But I hate that he hasn't resigned. I hate that there hasn't been a by-election. And I think um, it just makes me really embarrassed to be an advocate for not only politics, but, you know, the Conservative Party. And it's really made me stop and think. I just, um, I think there's so much pain and upset that still hasn't been processed by lots of people in this country. And for him to go on, you know, the biggest show on telly and um, be paid upwards to half a million quid... It just, yeah, it doesn't sit well with me. Rishi Sunak came out the other day and said he was disappointed, which, I mean, is not great. It's not great for Matt, is it? I mean, do you think, do you believe his his claims that he's on there so that he can relate to the public, so they can see what a politician is really like? Do you believe that? No, I don't. And I don't think that's what our elected representatives are there to do. Yes, I do think we need work. And yes, I look at Westminster and no one really relates to it. Mm. You know, the pale male and stale thing is a thing. And I do think, you know, I, I get really worried about young people thinking that Westminster just doesn't relate to them and therefore maybe not standing for Parliament or even worse, not going to vote. And that really troubles me. However, I don't think it's Matt Hancock's role nor job to go right that wrong in Australia on a TV show. I was thinking about this last week. If you think about, in 2014, Penny Morden did Splash and she was paid 10 grand for it. And, you know, brilliant. She donated it to her local Lido. You know, what a wonderful thing. And raised lots of awareness. You know, his constituents up in Newmarket must be sat there thinking, what on earth? Like, how have we ended up with this idiot? And you say about your fears about young people not voting. Do you think that Matt Hancock is going to make them want to vote? It's kind of, is that the right person to be to be going on television and trying to, to relate to these people? Yeah, no, not at all. I think there's so many things that can be done, but a disgraced MP, which is what he is, going on a TV programme making a fool of himself. I just, sorry, I'm probably speaking too soon. I haven't seen him on the telly, but I don't think knowing Matt Hancock, he's not going to come across that well. I don't see why he's taken it upon himself. Actually, I can't believe, Katie, I can't believe that we're sat talking about this. (laughs) We both know it's a load of rubbish. He's not doing it for that. He's doing it because he was never going to have a ministerial role ever again. He was caught on camera breaking his own COVID rules. He's done in politics, absolutely done. He's doing it for his own gain. And I feel highly insulted that we're we're even debating that maybe he's doing it to raise awareness for people with dyslexia or to combat voter apathy amongst young people. Shut up. It's a load of rubbish. So so let's change the subject to Sean Walsh, who's also going in. Now, Sean Walsh, of course, was was seen kissing his Strictly Dance partner a few years back, Katia Jones. Um... His biggest fear is rats, which is rather ironic. That's what he That's said really in his what he said in his his interview. So he and Matt t- tonight are taking on a really difficult task. Do you think going forward they're going to be voted, particularly Matt, to to have to undergo more Bush, Bush Tucker trials? Yes, I think they will. But I'm just going to throw something out there. I, lots of the papers were briefing last week that Matt had got trench foot mm. from doing SAS Who Dares Wins. Now. I know that if you have got trench foot, 
the majority of the trials you will be not allowed to stand for. There's no stand for talking about MPs. You're not, you won't be able to, we won't be able to vote for him. And if that happens, there will be millions of people up and down the country that are thinking, all I want to do is punish Matt Hancock. And if he's not allowed to do the trials, the fury will be even worse because we're all thinking we want our comeuppance now. I'm just throwing it out there. If that is true, what's been briefed, then, um, I mean, Matt will be even more hated than he is at the moment. I mean, are you surprised at just how massive this has become? I mean, everybody, everybody's talking about it well outside the Westminster bubble, way outside the normal, the normal audience of I'm a Celebrity. It's huge. And even, you know, talking about the Westminster bubble, my Twitter, all I do is follow political hacks and all of them are tuning in. They're like, we've never watched this. This is not our bag. <laughs> but because everyone knows the situation. Well, I'm tenderhooks. I'm really pleased. I do think that ITV have brought forward him going in because, you know, everyone calling me and messaging me or tweeting me being like, when's Matt coming? I'm like, right, no, he's definitely going in. It's happening. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much, Toff. Thank you for joining me. You've been Not brilliant. You're so entertaining. Thank you so it. much. Thanks for listening to Jungle Confidential. I'm Katie Hind, and that was The Mail's daily podcast about all things I'm a celebrity. Find us at dailymail.co.uk slash jungleconfidential, on Mail Plus, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. Join us every day for the next three weeks where I'll be joined by insiders, male experts, former winners and celebrities with insider info you won't hear anywhere else.